Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Uh, I'm going to do something I don't think I've, well, at least I've rarely done. I'm going to start with a poem. Uh, it's a story that I'm sure all of us know, and uh, I did it in rhyming couplets. It's called Moses. Moses on Mount Sinai climbed <clears throat> to gain the words God had divined. But in his mind a worry rose, distraught about his worldly woes. His wife with unborn child did lay, and her condition on his mind did play. He lost his attention on the divine, and in his mind came thoughts of mine. God called to him three times, Awake, I beckon thee to not forsake the mission I have sent you on. In my midst, have you become forlorn? Awake, Moses, make your choice. And with a start, Moses heard God's voice. It said to Moses, Look over there. Moses responded, Where? Where? The stone that lies beneath your toe. Move it over an inch or so. Moses moved it, his mind ablaze, and saw a frog on grass a graze, and a drop of water from the ground did burst to satisfy the frog's small thirst. Moses fell in awe and cried, My Lord, you I have denied. Both large and small do you command. All that exists is in your hand. You say the word, and I obey. No longer will I your trust betray. You are the father of all that is, and your care is without remiss. There is no thing you do not know, and in that knowledge our faith does grow. And as our faith becomes sublime, we lose our attachment to the mine. We grow instead attached to thee, and fall in praise in your mystery. This is a story that Bawa used to tell often about Moses on the way to Mount Sinai to get uh, the Torah, the, the words of Allah. And Moses lost his trend of thought. He went from one state to another, and then back to another state. And this is one of the core difficulties in our life. When we lose our state, how do we reclaim it? How do we get back to where we have tried to be when the mind and the mind take us over, when the, the convulsions of the world become such that we can no longer keep ourselves affixed to the truth and instead fall prey to the nature and the state of the illusion that we sometimes live in. 
how do we keep the appropriate state and how do we stay in the appropriate state? Allah spoke to Moses directly, which I believe probably made it a little easier. But for us, we have to know that Allah speaks to us too. We just have to be able to pick up the signals. And Allah is constantly reminding us we just have to pick up the signals. And in the truth of the matter, we have to learn that periods of time when we lose our way can be short periods of time or very long periods of time. You can leave the path in a conversation and not come back for 10 years. And we all know people to whom that's happened to. Uh, It never occurred to them that they've left the path, that they've left the way, that they've left what they're striving for. And we as individuals have to regularly assess our state. And one of the reasons for the five times prayer is to be able to do a constant assessment of your state. Or at the very least, set up a constant return to an attempt to make a connection with the real, as opposed to being in illusion. Um, the, the, the methodology of prayer, at least formal prayer, is to pull yourself out of the world for a little while and not let it interfere with what you're doing. And that's why it happens so often in the day, so that forgetfulness doesn't last too long, so that you can be constantly brought back. Now, of course, if while the prayer goes on, all that's going on internally is a reconsideration of what happened in the last two hours and what's going to happen in the next two hours afterwards, then nothing is going on. So, we need to understand that for things to really occur, there has to be an internal connection. We need to understand that somehow we have to attach ourselves to reality and distance ourselves from illusion. We have to be able to truly understand the non-importance of the things that are not important. And that's a very hard thing to do because we're so vested into our daily lives and we're so vested into the success or failure of our life in the illusory world. How do we remove ourselves 
from that vested interest? How do we remove ourselves from relying on the pleasure as opposed to the pain, the praise as opposed to the blame, the success as opposed to the failure within the worldly state? How do we begin to understand that that are that they are both the the same coin and if we deal in one we're going to deal in the other if you deal in fame you are going to deal in being categorized in ways that are less than good uh, everyone who's out there in the public is subject to criticism Yet, they stay out there in the public because they're addicted to fame. So they deal with the harshness of the criticism. They deal with the difficulty that it causes them and the distress that it causes them because of their need for being recognized, their need for fame. So with each of these things that the world holds out as being worthy, comes a price. And that price isn't necessarily seen right away. But over time, that price is seen and is understood. Wealth appears to be a good thing. But unless there's charity with wealth, then wealth separates you from other men Wealth makes your ego uh, run amok because you can do things other people can't do. And when your ego runs amok, all of the qualities that can't exist in an ego run amok disappear from you. So is it worth these things to give up love, to give up empathy, to give up a relationship with other people. We need to keep a focus, and we need to trust in Allah. When Moses was walking up the mountain, he hadn't lost his trust in Allah, But he began to worry. He began to have doubt as to the situation. The outcome of the situation was so important to him that he didn't have faith for a second, for an instant, that the outcome would be appropriate. How often, when we consider something very important, Do we lose faith and become afraid? How often do we lose faith and enter into doubt? How often do we lose the understanding that perfection is, and the only problem that exists is our inability to see perfection? We need to be conscious of this, because if we're not conscious of this, 
then we're going to fall off the path on a regular basis, and we're going to stay off the path on a regular basis. So we need an internal team to constantly bring us back when we falter. And we need an internal checking system to constantly understand the state that we're in. Now, all of us have been in various states, and we're familiar with these various states. I mean, we know when we're angry. We know when we're kind. We know when we're gentle. And we know when we're afraid. We know when we're peaceful. And we know when we're anxious. So, what do you do when you're anxious to become peaceful? What do you do when you're afraid to lose your fear? What do you do when you're in doubt to erase doubt? What do you do? One of the things that can bring you back into focus is a repetition of God's names. One of the things that you can do to bring you back into focus is an attempt to meld into the awe that is Allah. You see, there is a great power in God. And as you get close to it, it's like a fire. And it burns you. But what it burns are the parts of you that don't belong near him. Fire frightens people. And animals, when they come close to fire, run. Well, there's a pretty simple analogy here. When you get close to the fire of Allah, the animals in you want to run. You have to stay and allow the animals to run. So, bring yourself close to the fire. The fire will not hurt you. The majesty will not hurt you. The things that will get hurt and the things that will be burned and the things that will disappear are the things that are not you that you believe are you. And one of the things that gets burned is that belief system. And if that belief system is very, very strong, then that belief system will turn and run with the animals. And then you miss the moment when you can be cleansed. So we need to put ourselves into the fire. Abraham walked into the fire and wasn't afraid. There are many biblical tales 
of people being thrown in the fire. I'm not going to make statements as to what the fire was and what the fire wasn't. But the point is, we each need to have that encounter. And we need to be brave in that encounter. And we have to let that encounter burn our nefs. To take our nefs from us. There has to be a purification. There has to be a time when we release ourselves from the pulls of the world. And this isn't easy. When you go fishing and you cast a hook, the hook has a barb in it. So when it catches into the mouth of the fish, the fish can't release itself because it's caught twice. We're caught twice. We're caught not only by illusion, but we're caught by the love of illusion. So when we begin to understand about it, and we begin to attempt to release ourselves from it, there's a part of us that allowed ourselves to be caught because we like it. There's an enjoyment, a strange enjoyment, but an enjoyment in torpor. There's an enjoyment in lust. There's an enjoyment in all of the things of the world that the nafs revel in. And if we are associated with our nafs, we revel in it. Uh, there's a movie out now. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know if it's out yet. Uh, it's called Fifty Shades of Grey. And it's all about dark, lustful, bizarre, sexual interplay. And it's being made a huge to-do of. It's, if you turn on the TV on any interview show, you'll see it. Uh, if you read the newspapers, you'll read about it. It's sold millions of books. It's become an international phenomenon. Why? People are fascinated by darkness. Why are they fascinated by darkness? Because there's a part of them that they've allowed to become dark. And it's drawn towards that. Well, let's face it. There's a part of all of us that over the years, because of all the lies that the world has told us that we've swallowed and that are still deep in us, has become dark. And we need to shine the light on that darkness. That light, that fire, is what purifies us. And where does that light come from to shine on the darkness within us? It comes from the zikr and the repetition of God's names. It comes from the prayers that we've been given. But with all of these, while these things are going on within us, we have to connect to them. So when we say Rahman, we have to feel Rahman. If we don't feel it, we aren't it. And if we aren't it, there's no real connection. So we have to continue to do these things 
until they become light for us, until they transport us to another place. And we need to believe that we need to be transported. We need to insist that we're going to be transported. And we need to find ways that transport us from illusion to reality. It could be by way of poetry. Poetry often lifts you from one place to the next in an instant because of the way a phrase is turned. It could be sitting with a teacher who, while being in their presence, all of the difficulties seem to fade away because now you're in a place of light and you're in a place where there's no fear. It can be by just being with a loved one and expressing love to that person and having that person express love back to you. That interchange of love creates a certain kind of safety and a certain kind of trust. And with safety and trust comes peace. Why do you think babies stop crying when they're held? Well, it doesn't change as you get older. We need to hold each other. We need to love each other. We need to communicate that love to each other. And we have to do it in the kindest, most gentle way possible. It alters states. And when two combine and do it together... Angels report on it to Allah. Here's a place where love is going on. Here's a place where your qualities are being demonstrated and are being felt. It's incredibly important that we walk around creating love. Love is that fire that burns all of those other things things away. Can you be in love and be angry at the same time? Can you be in love and afraid at the same time? Can you be in love and be resentful at the same time? You can't. So the question is, what holds sway in our being? Does resentment hold sway in our being? Does anger hold sway in our being? Does jealousy hold sway in our being? Or does love hold sway in our being? Is that what controls us and what makes us function? And if it isn't, we have to work to make it so. So we have to walk with a more gentle step. We have to talk with a more gentle tone. We have to be with a more gentle being. The way to become loved is to be lovely. We have to become lovely. We can't expect love from others. We have to give love. And in the act of giving, love will come. Why did we love our teacher? Because he loved us in such an incredible way that we felt a sense 
of peace and trust when we were with him. And the love was so strong, we became grateful for the love. Gratitude is one of the ways that you can enter reality. If you can be grateful to the ones who love you for the love that they give you, then you become lovelier. I uh, was with a friend of mine in uh, Medina, and uh, he was telling me about all, he, he was from Saudi, and he was telling me about all the things in Medina, and he took me to all the different places in Medina, and he showed me everything. And he really was spending a lot of time with me and being incredibly kind. And I said to him, uh, you polish me here in Medina. And he looked at me and he said, but Musa, who polishes me? And I said, when you polish me, you become polished. And that's the way it is. You ever see a cloth that polishes things? Look at the cloth afterwards. It gets a sheen. It's polished. So we have to become polishers. And as we polish, we become polished. As we do, we become. As we do, we become. As we love, we are loved. As we anger, we are angered. The reciprocity in this existence is really Quite simple to see, but difficult to comprehend in the midst of it. Smokers don't smell smoke. People walk in the room and they gag, and the smoker goes, what's wrong? They can't smell the smoke. I know, I used to be one. It somehow fades away, and you don't think anything's there. It's there, and it's there strong. It's just somehow you've lost the ability to see it. We need to bring back the ability to see our state. Just as if a smoker could smell the smoke the way a non-smoker smells it, he would stop smoking. So if we could see our state the way other people see our state, we would do something to alter it. We would do something to become more kind, more genuine, less self-absorbed, more giving, more polishing. We've all been put here to polish each other. This is our work. And if we do the work right, we become polished. And in that, we become brighter and brighter and brighter till we give off light. And in that light, we become closer to Allah. And that's the path. That's what we need to do. We don't need to write about it. We don't need to read books about it. We need to become it. We need to become close to it. Not that we shouldn't write about it. And that we shouldn't read books about it. Because the Quran is a book. The words of the prophets have become books. The words of the saints have become books. 
And they're important to read because they can change our state. But unless that state is changed, none of the other things are worthwhile. So it's all about being conscious of our state and changing it in an appropriate way so that we are in an appropriate way. So that we walk love around. So that we take love from one person to the next. And that our internal strength to be able to do this is not subject to the whims of illusion. Because as you become stronger in love, those things that are opposite of love will begin to attack you. That's what happens. And you have to form a strength that doesn't allow it to go on. This life has a certain sweetness to it. It can also have a certain sourness to it. We have to be able to separate the sweet from the sour. And we have to understand that that which is sweet comes from Allah. And if we are truly going to understand existence and move on in this existence from this world to the next world, we have to stay with that sweetness. May Allah make that sweetness available to all of us. May he give us an addiction to that sweetness so that that is what we strive for, that that becomes the forefront of our consciousness and the forefront of our intentions. May our intentions grow towards him, towards love, and towards inclusivity with each other. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.